Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time kicks down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready to fire the cannon. Blob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. The Bay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Play the Bay. I am Kaylee and I'm here with Chip <clears throat> and Kevin. How are you guys on this fine Tuesday evening? Thursday evening. Oh my I mean, God. Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday. It's Thursday. Oh this week. Yeah. I will say this week is going so slow and I'm happy it's Thursday, so I'm not complaining, but um, obviously my headspace is not, not quite there. No, no. It's the holidays, so it's not a normal. Everybody feels like, I don't know about you guys, but the days, you got to do shopping, you got to get things done, so everything's kind of moving at a different different pace. I'm on day two of my vacation, so I could care less, so I'm good. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom Shalom and good night. Hello. I'm I'm so (laughs) jealous of you. I I have to work, so the only days I get off are like Christmas Eve and Christmas, and I have to do all of my shopping still. I have not finished it, so classic. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. This was the, actually the first year I got all of my Christmas shopping done before December 24th. Because uh, usually I wait till like the very last minute and I'm a procrastinator. But this year I got everything done. I don't have to worry about anything now. The rest of my vacation, I can just kick back, relax, and enjoy it. That's all I have to do. It's so nice. It's so nice. Man. That's always a good thing. Yeah. You did the holidays, right? For sure. I did. Yeah. I did. Took vacation. Well, actually, I was made to take vacation at the right time, and I got all my Christmas shopping done. And I even went to geology.com and used our Ooh. promo code CAFFEE <laughs> yes. to get 30% off your first purchase with them. That way, your face can look nice and shiny and young with their face regimen. How about you guys? Have you gotten yours yet? I know, Chip Kaylee, you've been using yours a lot. Chip, how about oh, you? Have you gotten yours yet? Buddy, I started my regimen, and I did oh. the night the night cream like right underneath there and you put it on on both sides and there's a little label on the bottom that says some some faces will dry out because of the what is it retinol i think that that gets yeah. rid of wrinkles or okay it said retinol will sometimes affect your face differently so my skin i think all that skin right there is like oh my god this is going to help me i have to freak out so my skin got a little dry <laughs> underneath here so i'm taking a they said take a 24 hour break on it so i'm doing that I usually don't read the bottle, so I just put it all the way around, and I don't care what happens, so it's all good. Gosh, you, you don't read anything you put on, like, your face? Like your uh, no, I know, but uh, I don't put a lot of – I know, I just shave. I don't put a lot of things on my face, and if it's you know does something to it, I'll just sue and get a lot of money, so it's all good. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I love that. I love that journey for you, Evan. Wow. I, I pre- I'm glad that you uh, appreciate that as well. So that's that's you know what I got going on. So it's, it's all good. It's kind of like when you're in college and you just cross like every crosswalk really slow when the light's like not there for you. You're just hoping someone in like a Mercedes is going to hit you and pay your tuition. Uh, that I've Maybe that was me. I need to I need to try that when I'm 37 years old and I'm at been out of college. I should try that uh, and see if I can get paid. So I will try that next time I'm downtown Sarasota, which will be on Sunday when we're at Rafferty's Bar and Grill for our yeah. sports caffeine NFL as well. Evan so. is like king of transitions today. I love it. <laughs> Those are like the king of dropping it down. And I haven't even yeah. smoked any weed yet, so I'm, I don't know what what's going on here. It might be the beer I'm drinking, which Amazing. is Double Thunder Funk by Bent Brewery. That's right, wow. Bent Brewery Double. Thunder Funk, the double, and that's not an ad. That's a really genuine. It's a genuine. It's a genuine endorsement. So if you guys are listening, I love your beer, Uh, (laughs) Benchwater Brewery. Hit me up on uh, on the old Twitter at lbushman07. That's right. There you go. Good plug. Shameless plug. Yeah, let's do it. Love that. All right, (laughs) let's jump in. Uh, The Buccaneers obviously are. You know, they move themselves into a really good spot as far as playoff contention. 
Um, now they're going to face the Falcons, which is one of two games they have upcoming against Atlanta. This week, they will go to Atlanta to face the Falcons. They are coming off a win, obviously, against the Vikings. And then the Falcons coming off of a close loss to the Chargers. So the Falcons are already eliminated from playoff contention, but this is a divisional game. It's obviously you don't ever want your division rival to really get into the playoffs and and have success there. So do you think that there's any chance that Atlanta spoils the Bucks' playoff hopes just because they have nothing to lose and it would be a really fun story? Yes. I mean, I think there's always a chance. Is it you know, is it really a high probability? No, I'd give it like a like a maybe 80-20 type of type of slide, I think. Uh Atlanta knows this organization obviously really well. Uh, you know, I think the only thing really different from the Bucks is uh Tom Brady, uh obviously. So Tom Brady and, and Matt Ryan have faced off before. It was not a good outcome. Uh we're not even gonna go there. So um, yeah, the Buccaneers, this should be their game to lose. Atlanta's defense is awful um, overall compared to the Bucs. And also the Atlanta offense passing-wise I think is ranked right around the Bucs or maybe a little bit better. Um, but Julio Jones was out last game as well, so we'll have to see. But um, the Buccaneers should steamroll, I think. Uh, and at least I think the line is at six right now, but I think they're going to win by way more than that, I believe. Um. As much as an optimistic person I am about the Bucks, anything can happen with this team. They could play like they did against the Giants and in the Bears and and totally, you know, shit the bed and lose this against an easy bull, you know, an easy win against an easy Falcons team right now because the Falcons are banged up and they're just a terrible team. I, I I'm sorry, I keep bashing your team, Chip. I, I, I don't mean to do that. <laughs> well I don't I want mean, to, but I have to because your team is so terrible. But like on paper, you guys like could be a good team with this. Your execution on everything sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I you know, oh, but no. I, I, this 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 is a game that the Bucks should win. It's a winnable game, but you know, like this team has been inconsistent all year long. It's up and down. We don't know what Bucks team we're gonna get because we've seen in first halves that they start off immensely slow. So are we going to get that team that starts off really slow? Or are we going to get the team that starts off really fast and this goes bam, bam, bam? We got we got a job to do. We got business to take care of. And we're just here to win this game and move on to next week. That's that's what we don't know because they've been so inconsistent this year is what yeah. team are we going to be getting? And and it could happen. I mean, they're traveling to Atlanta and they've the Bucks have always had problems in Atlanta. Even when the even when the Falcons are a crappy team, they still have problems with them. So it just depends on if if they've are, are they going to be on the top of the roller coaster this time? Or are they going to be petering down on the roller coaster? That's that's what the unknown is about the Bucks team this week against the Falcons. That's fair. And you brought up like starting fast. And I think that was one of our keys to the game against the Vikings is saying, get the run game going, get started on offense quickly. And that's something they still really didn't manage to do against the Vikings. When you look at the Vikings on paper for most of that game, but specifically in the first quarter and the first half, you know, they really like outplayed the Buccaneers in every way possible. They just didn't convert them to points on the board the way the Bucs were able to going into the locker room at halftime. What are the keys to the game? Knowing what we know about the Bucs coming out of the bye week, seeing what they did against the Vikings, what are the keys this week to secure a win against the Falcons and, and improve their playoff chances a little bit more? Chip, this is your team. I, I would. I, I'll, do you want me to take this one? Okay. Yeah, I, you take I, that one. You know, since now Ronald, Ronald Jones is is on COVID now, he's he's going to be out for this game. Is okay yeah. now. Are we going to go back to the game plan where we're not going to be running a lot, or are we going to be chucking the ball 40, 50 times like we've done in, in past games where that that usually doesn't work? Um, I hope they stay to the ground game. I mean, Leonard, li- listen, <clears throat> Leonard Fournette can be. He could have been a superstar. Um, and I think with this offensive line, he can he can show flashes of the Leonard Fournette we've seen in Jacksonville. And Kaylee, you know about Leonard Fournette personally, and then and when he was with Jackson, not personally, personally, but you know personally, well, personally? Jackson, yeah, Jacksonville Jaguar. But you know <laughs> if you know, there's a reason why the Bucks signed him for a year is for insurance policies like this. So if if Fournette is going to be the starting back for this game, is okay. Let's let's step up. Leonard, let's let's step up and be that guy that we saw in Jacksonville run for over a thousand yards consistently for the past, you know, five years before he left. So I would say stick to the run game. 
but be careful about, and then on the defensive side, be careful about Calvin Ridley, man. Calvin Ridley has been the number one guy for Atlanta all season long. And is, is Julio Jones starting? Is Julio Jones is Julio Jones done for the year? Is he out? Is he what is going they on talk, with Julio Jones? They, they talked about maybe shutting him down, not sure. Um, but uh, this will be a divisional game. I'm sure he's gonna play, but Julio Jones hasn't been a hundred percent, I don't think, since week four. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, but he always plays. Yeah, so and the thing is you you Atlanta's got real two. They've got a, a really good receiving core, almost up there with the Bucks, because the Bucks have you know Chris Godwin. They've got Mike Evans, and the Falcons have you know Julio Jones, future Hall of Famer, and the guy Calvin Ridley, who's who is a superstar in the making. So it's can the can the secondary cover those guys? And you know the secondary really impressed me the last game against Adam Thielen and Just, Justin Jefferson is you know they can cover those guys, but when it comes to elite guys. You know we've we've seen how bad they can be. So I would say on the offensive side, go to the ground and pound, man. And then when you can, <clears throat> when you make you can make those long throws, which Brady is 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 kind of been mediocre doing this this past year. Is go to take the take the shot, man. On the defensive side is get to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's been terrible this year. He's been throwing multiple picks each game. Is just disrupt him and make him make stupid mistakes going forward and just watch out for Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. So that's what I would say the keys of victories are uh, this, this Sunday against the Falcons chip your Falcons. Yeah, buddy. Well, Tom Brady, I mean the Falcons, he's, he's coming into a very sweetheart matchup. The Falcons are allowing the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this year. Tampa Bay though, hasn't had a hundred yard plus receiver. Only Rob Gronkowski and Scotty Miller since week five have gone over that hundred yard mark. So, I mean, you're going to have a shot now to, to get up against the most friendly fantasy football, you know, fantasy points, yards, defensively passing the worst team uh, in the NFL. So now if you want to use Leonard Fournette to set up the play action, you can do that. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. L. Bushman use, use Fournette. Get him to, you know, run play action, get him to get some nice gains, and then, man, take your shots, dude. Find Evans. Find Godwin. Those guys are going to be open, uh, and I think Tom Brady has a huge day, uh, obviously, in the air. So defensively, um, we all know where the Bucks hurt, and they hurt in the defensive backfield. So you have to have um, a good effort taking care, like you said, of Ridley um, and, and getting pressure up front. So um, – you know, same story, just different team. Obviously, they're playing a team that knows them a little bit better, a little bit better than the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But Tom Brady should have a huge day. Uh, Kaylee, what, what, Matt Ryan. what are your thoughts on now that Rojo's out and let, and Fournette's taken over? Do you think Fournette could, you know, take those reins and, and run with it? Or do you think he's just going to be mediocre at best and he's going to get stopped at the line a lot? Um, I... I mean, that's my opinion on him as a athlete. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think that's the kind of style of running back that he is. I think Ronald Jones is a little more athletic, a little more able to kind of break up at the line, be able to kind of get through and get those yards. But yeah, I, I just think we haven't seen anything from Leonard Fournette. And, and Bruce Arians has tried to force it this season a little, little bit in games where I didn't quite understand, where I'm like, why are you not, why are you not putting this almost solely on Ronald Jones because Leonard Fournette's not giving you anything. Right. So I think it is kind of, I don't think he's going to, I don't think they're going to be able to rely on the run game as much as they probably should have up until this season. I won't say have because they really haven't that much in a lot of cases, but I do think that he'll sustain enough for maybe like third and short or something where it's a situational, maybe not a goal line situation, but definitely to prolong some drives, but I can't see him taking taking on that much um, compared to what Ronald Jones was able to really do last week against, against the Vikings. They were saying about 20 to 30 touches for Fournette. And I think it was, you brought up a great point about him. Like I think it was against the Rams. They had him at the goal line. They drew up two plays for him two twice in a row. It was like the same play and he didn't get in. It's like, well, that's the Rams. That's Aaron. Yeah, well, I, that's, but still, but it's it's Arians trying to force it in, like Kaylee was talking about. Yeah. It's like he's, it's forcing too much in Fournette. And Dwayne, you should be ashamed of yourself for asking <laughs> for saying that comment about Antonio Brown. Uh, no, 
Uh, Scotty Miller is what the Bucks need to utilize, not Antonio Brown. Dwayne, you should cancel yourself. I'm sorry, my friend. I'm sorry. It's just the way it has to be. Right? <laughs> yeah. Agree on that one. Um, so you mentioned Evan earlier. You mentioned Calvin Ridley. Obviously, with Julio Jones' status kind of being up in the air week to week, obviously, Jamal Dean's status is very similar. Um, the matchup that really stands out is Calvin Ridley and Carlton Davis. Davis, you know, who really kind of had a spotlight on him last week, was able to hold Adam Thielen. Um, is there any other matchups in this game that you guys are really looking forward to or kind of stand out coming into this week? Chip, I want, to, I want you to take this one. I mean, I think that, well, that's a good, uh, you know, what we talked about, obviously, is the Bucks' defensive backfield has um, some issues. So Dean, and I don't know if he's if he's cleared or if he's playing. Uh, I know he had a groin, so we'll have to see. I'm sure he's still questionable. But um, it's either going to be one of those guys and you're going to be on a Julio Jones or you're going to be on a, a Calvin Ridley. So um, those will be the matchups, obviously, that the Falcons are going to try to highlight. Also, um, Hayden Hurst. So you might see a lot of him um, over the middle. And, you know, if you're going to have that, then you need to make sure you uh, bottle him up because I know that either – um, Levante David, you know, Devin White, one of those guys will probably be maybe White would probably shadow Hayden Hurst across the middle. Um, so you got to see what you can do to stop that. Um, Dwayne, I, I'm reading I'm, your I'm, comments. He totally agrees, but why pick him up and not use him? For well, ins I, insurance policy, that's why you yeah. need the depth. If guys are getting hurt like they did earlier in the season, that's why you, you sign Antonio Brown for a cheap contract and see what he can do. You don't He's not the Antonio Brown like he was in Pittsburgh anymore. That those days are done and over with. Like yeah. Antonio Brown now is a guy that can fill in when guys special like, teams roll as well. Punt yeah, returner, exactly. kick returner. When when guys like Scotty Miller go down with injuries, like guys like Chris Godwin or Mike Evans go down with injuries like they did early early in the season, that's why you have an Antonio Brown there. You don't need him in the starting lineup. That's why you have Scotty Miller, who we saw last week, can make big plays. And that's and that's what a lot of criticism was the past few weeks was, why why aren't you using Scotty Miller? Why are you keep going to, to Antonio Brown where Antonio Brown hasn't done anything? Like he's he's maybe had a few catches and I think less than 100 yards. I don't think he's even hit like 70 yards yet for receiving it. So why why use him when you have a young receiver like Scotty Miller who has good rapport with Tom Brady and can make plays? That's why, that's why using Antonio Brown you don't need to. And not now my daughter wants to join Daddy for the podcast too. <laughs> Now she's making her TV. So yeah, Kaylee, I highlighted Devin White and uh, Hayden Hurst. And I said, you know, I kind of thought that obviously the matchups downfield are going to be really important. If Julio Jones doesn't play, uh, then the Buccaneers get kind of lucky and you can, you know, shade coverage towards Ridley. If Jones does play, uh, then both, you know, uh, Davis is going to have to be ready. And I don't know if they'll, they'll put Davis on Jones or if they'll put him on uh, Ridley, depending upon how they want to do that. So, um, we'll have to see, but Hayden Hurst could be a sneaky option. Uh, the Bucks need to look out for as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with those statements. I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. So, thinking about the playoff and implications of this game, obviously, you know the Bucks need to win two of their next three, right? And two of those are against the Falcons. Should they lose this game? How do you think that affects the rest of their? you know, the, their last two games. Do you think it kind of shakes things up? Because we haven't really seen them kind of find that identity every week. They look a little bit different. They look a little uneasy. Do you think a loss this week really is going to impact them getting into the playoffs? Or do you think it just puts a little added pressure? Because we've seen them kind of rip down the, the whiteboard and start all over. And is that something that if they lose this game, we can expect coming into the game against the Lions? I, it definitely takes the wind out of the sails. No pun intended because of the Buccaneers. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. um, it, it definitely, they would definitely take a step back if they won, if they lost a game, that's a winnable one against the Falcons, especially if you have Detroit next week and then you have the Falcons the week after it's like, okay, now I, I can't, I can't play with you right now. You gotta watch your show. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. I know she's mad at me now. It, it, it definitely it definitely hinders them, especially with the momentum that they could be going into the next couple of games. You know, like you want to go into this is okay. We're going to take care of business against the Falcons, but if they don't and have a misstep, now you have to you basically have to reset yourself 
Now you're going to play the Lions, which the Lions are really banged up right now. There's no Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, I mean, that's another easy winnable game, which they should go into and dominate the the, the Lions. But, um, you know, losing this one, it, it definitely really it kind of puts them in a position. Of, OK, well, now the teams that were behind us are still creeping up because they're still winning games because there's a lot of teams that are in that seven spot for the seeds because I the Bucks are now what the fifth seed now in the playoff picture. So they're the, they're yeah, the fifth. I believe so. So you got two teams that are underneath them that are still chipping away, and then you got teams on the bubble. So if you're losing this one, which is an easy game against the Falcons, it's definitely like okay, now we're looking our shoulder where we should just be clear headed and, and, and looking straight forward. You know, this is the next three games, and it, we talked about this last week. Is you should be looking at actually we talked about this on Tuesday as well. It's like every week should be we want to be one to know each and every week. So. Um, I would say if you lose, if they lost this one, that's definitely a step back. And it's like, okay, now what do we got to do to fix this stuff? Now we got to, we're, we're trying, we're going to play Detroit now, which it's not Matthew Stafford there. And that's, that's a, that's an easy game. Now, do we have to like put more pressure on ourselves to win against an easy team? Or it's like, what are we doing here? You know, you know what I mean? So yeah, the Buccaneers are one schizophrenic short of a straight jacket, dude. If yeah. they lose, I mean, Honestly, it will go to freaking Bad Town USA if the Bucks lose. I just don't think mentally they can put it all together because they've been in such a, a difficult state uh, as a team, morality wise, concentration wise, momentum wise. Like, I just feel like it's been a lot of ebb and flow um, all year, and there hadn't been really inconsistency. So, yeah, they lose one of these games. And I mean, I think people are, you know, well, jumping he, off the ship, eating the freaking chalkboard, buying you know bubble she, gum from the freaking I, warden. I mean, I think it goes bad, bad, crazy. I mean, you both know if if the Bucks lose a game, social media loses its shit, especially Bucks fans. <laughs> I mean, you, you both know yeah. you can see you can yeah. see Twitter just exploding with the hatred of the team of 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 longtime fans that say they're longtime fans and they lose one game and it's like oh the season's over we suck fire Arians fire Leftwich oh Brady's a cancer we should have Winston back and it's like oh really come on are we it's like week by week and it's it's if they lose this one it's like oh we're not gonna make the playoffs we're gonna be we're gonna be eight and eight by the time the season's over we're not going to the Super Bowl it's all it's like I, honestly I I love it when the Bucks lose it sounds morbid as it is I love it when they lose because <laughs> Watching social media on Twitter is amazing. I love it, but I don't want them to lose. But it's just it's it's one of those games that and Israel said this in our comments before is it's a trap game. They could definitely lose yeah. this game. They could definitely lose this game. And then that the momentum that they had, it just goes and then they're screwed the rest of the way. And they're in the sixth spot, by the way. They're in the sixth spot. Okay. So yeah, so you have somebody else nipping at the buds to, to move up. Arizona, who's playing the Eagles. So that's the Ooh, team that's, that's won a tough game. one. Yeah. That's a tough one. So, wow. I don't know. We'll see, man. Wow. It's going to be, like you said, trap game. You got to dot your I's, dude. Cross your T's. Get it done, dude. Just you got to you cross your T's and dot your lower, lowercase J's. That's what you got to do. <laughs> ah. That's a Wayne's World 2 reference, by the way. <laughs> I really love that, actually. All right. Uh, for the, the person on Twitch, uh, the red-eyed leader, we are talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that's uh, different from what a lot of people from Twitch talk about, but we're talking about football, NFL football. Then we're going to be talking about Major League Baseball. So yeah. the red-eyed leader, the Eye of Sauron, which you're doing from your little profile picture. If you want to join in, let us know. Ask your questions and comments in our comments section below. For sure. And what kind of eye is that? What'd you just call that thing? The Eye of Sauron. Yeah, that's from the Lord oh. of the Rings. That's a Lord of the Rings reference, buddy. Wow. Okay, why don't you just go get your I cane will... there, Gandalf, and freaking hang out. <laughs> you shall not pass. <laughs> one ring to rule them all. One ring to bite them. Frodo, brother. No, that's wow. Nice. Evan is the impression master, but yes. we will we will jump back into the NFL. But let's let's talk about the Rays. Um Let's they've made a few moves, obviously, this past week. And, uh, you know, they they cut Hunter Renfro loose. They uh, he signed a one year, three million dollar deal with the Red Sox. Uh, Red they Sox. declined. Yep. Good yeah. For them. Yeah. I mean, good for him, indeed. And they declined Zanino's option and then resigned him and saved some money in, in typical Ray's fashion. And then. You know, just yes, I am, Dwayne. Yes, sorry, Kaylee. Yes, I am. <laughs> he is. He is because I don't understand that reference at all. So that's how I knew. I didn't either. 
But Evan, Evan, talk to us about the the Rays' moves so far during the offseason and and what they should be doing, you know, more. You put the Zs, so. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the signing of, the, of Zunino. Okay. I mean, I know the Rays covet defense like it's no tomorrow, but they they have so much history with catchers that can't hit or shit. It's frustrating when they sign Zunino, who's good behind the plate. He's a he's a veteran he's guy. A battery he's a leader. Battery mate. Yeah, but you need a you need a guy that can also hit at least two fifty. This guy was hitting sub one hundred one forty nine was his his batting average. And I think in the playoffs though, right? That was regular season. It's all season. He was hitting like in the hundreds, Chip. Like he okay. He, he, had, two, he, he had two dingers in the in the ALCS. And that was his shining moment. But other than that, give me a guy that can hit at least 250 during the regular season, then go in the playoffs and do that too. I don't want a guy that because I it's the Rays, man. They need a catcher. I I hopefully they go out and, and make another move and get a backup that's gonna compliment him because just with signing Zunino is just not a really I don't like it. I didn't like it to begin with. I really thought they were going to go make a play for a lot of the guys that are out there or there. I mean, Yadier Molina's like on, he's a free agent. You can get him for, you know, relatively cheap right now. James McCann. I thought they were in the conversation with him, but he signed with the Mets. Uh, JT Romuto was a guy they were talking about, but way too much. I know way too much money, but I mean, I guess it's a good move to settle with Zunino. I just, he needs to maybe wear some glasses and just watch the ball better. Cause it's just like, man, I can't rely on you to to get anything on base, man. You you have your shining moments, but those are like few and far between, bro. It's like, come on, man. Well, the good and, thing is it's December seventeenth, so I mean they got some time before a lot of things happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. before spring training, and they can make moves. I, that's the only real move they've made so far in regards to Hunter Renfro. Good for him, man. I mean, he's going to be an everyday player in, in the Red Sox, and uh, and he'll probably mm-hmm. like. You know, make the race pay for it when they play him. When he'll probably hit thirty to forty. Oh, yeah, forty-five home runs. Be a right. Yaki way. Okay, let's eat some clam chowder. All right. Go out yakking way and go catch this one there, buddy. Chip and uh, Kaylee, let's go to Dunkin' Donuts. See you at a Crella dance. Uh, medium coffee. All right. Let's let's do this. All right. <laughs> I wish we could do an entire episode in that. Accent. I'll do one in, in, a, in a Boston accent. I will do one for real. I don't care. Yeah, I love York. We should do it. We should do it for one whole episode, and the first person to crack like loses, and we should I, make it a bet. They got to take a shot at Rafferty, Rafferty's, you know, with his. Uh, got to park the cat on the yeah. Right shots, right? There by the bear. Uh, so, uh, Kaylee, <laughs> uh, our guest is waiting in the wings. Should we bring him on? Yes, we should. So today yes. we have NFLPA certified agent and host of Beyond the Negotiation podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Higgins Success. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Hey, thank you for having me. What's up, buddy? Thanks for uh, coming on the show. I am doing good, doing good. Appreciate you guys for having me tonight. Kaylee, I might have to talk in my Boston accent the whole whole time. Please. You know what? You do you. Um, It hurts my ears, but you know, you do you. But... (laughs) So Higgins, obviously this, you know, with COVID and how this season has looked so different, um, you know, my kind of like biggest thing I'm interested about is how, you know, this loss of revenue, not having fans in the stadium, how does that impact free agency? I know like a lot of teams might be a little hesitant to pick up veterans that might cost them a little bit more than maybe signing someone less experienced. Are we going to see that really impact these veteran free agents coming into 2021? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Obviously, right now, like you said, with basically games being held with no fans, that means you're losing on concessions, you're losing on parking, you're losing on everything pretty much. Uh, I think the last I saw, the league is expected to have pretty much about a 15 to $20 million decrease in the uh, salary cap for the 2021 season. So, you know, when teams are normally – um, experiencing an increase every year, roughly around ten million dollars from year to year, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're losing twenty million expectedly. So you're definitely gonna see uh, some major changes and teams hesitant to throw out the big money to guys, especially non-quarterback guys. 
Yeah, yeah, Higgins, this is Chip. I wanted to find out. I know that obviously college football as well has made a lot of rule changes, and there's some things coming into play where players are going to be able to, to start making some money and, and pushing their own personal brand. How is that going to affect you, obviously, as, a, as an NFL certified agent when these kids are already getting an opportunity to make money uh, on their own in college uh, before they even get a chance to really, you know, join the NFL and, and you know, get an agent, see what it's all about. How is that going to affect you later uh, later on? Well, I mean, for me, man, I'm just I'm a bit jealous. I'm about 10 years, <laughs> um, 10 years past my time. Right. Um, obviously, <laughs> I was a walk on at the University of Florida, so I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have made any money. But um, <laughs> but I mean, it's a, it's a I'm sorry, Higgins, a, you said walk on at the University of Florida. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to take you off of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. Can't have you on here if you're a UF Gator. I can't do it. Uh, sorry, I fish you for life, buddy. I'm just mad. <laughs> yeah, but so I mean, for me, man, being an agent and like you said, having knowing that you know these players have the possibility of already making money from marketing and branding and off their likeness. Um, it doesn't really change much for what I do personally, because again, I'm, I'm a smaller independent agent. Um, so for me, things pretty much stay the same. You know, I'm, I know, I know the type of guys that I recruit. I know the type of guys that um, I tend to sign um, during the recruiting process. And obviously, you know, you know, I try to create those relationships and build those. So, you know, if a guy started making a few thousand dollars here or there, I don't think it's going to change much uh, for me. Now, with that being said, also, as you know, it's a very competitive business being a sports agent. So, you know, you have to check out the the competitors and you have to check out the, the, the business overall. And for me, one of the things that I'm skeptical about with this whole, you know, players being able to market and earn money is agents using that as a recruiting tool. Right. So yeah. you're going to you're going to see a lot of the bigger agencies pretty much locking in 18 year olds or 19 year olds as clients because they can offer them or they're going to promise them X amount of dollars in marketing. Pretty much the same thing we do with the players that we recruit who's going into the draft. You know, we have marketing guarantees where we say, hey, you know, I'll guarantee you two hundred thousand in marketing or one hundred thousand in marketing. And sometimes that's the difference between the player choosing agent A or agent B. So now what that does is, you know, it allowed those agents to pretty much make this pitch three years sooner, right? So you're going to see a lot of young guys, you know, future top 10 picks, top 15 picks, basically signing with agents once they step on campus. I got to know how that process is, Higgins, because you're going up against like the guys like Drew Rosenhaus, like Scott Boris, like the big boys, like that, that process about getting in the door before those big dogs get into the must be like the most stressful, like shit you have to go through as an agent. Especially <laughs> since you're, you're an independent one, right? You're, right, you're an independent right. guy. So, right. you know, you're competing. I, dude, I got, you got, you must have like the smoothest pitch ever, man, to get those. Clients. Hey, I, I mean, I'd like to think I do. Right. So <laughs> I think I have my way with words, man, but Honestly, it, it can get frustrating. You know, what I mean, like you say, you, you go against those big guys and pretty much the Goliath of the agent. Um, and I'm David. Right. So I'm coming in and, you know, I said, you know, my work ethic and things like that, the intangibles that the, they may not get with those bigger agencies. Obviously, you know, um, been been having gone the college route. You know, you see a lot of universities that make that pitch about, hey, you know, we have a 10 to 1 faculty to student ratio. Right. So come to our campus and you're not just a number. Right. So for me, very similar um, when I'm recruiting players as well. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, talking to two, three people before you get the Higgins. You have my direct number um, along with just just like I said, letting your work speak for itself. I mean, at the end of the day. You know, these guys, they're they're young professionals or they're going to become professionals. So the, ex, the expectations, you know, from their agents rises. Right. So, you know, and I mean, for me, when I recruit, man, honestly, I, I, I try not to even pay attention to what other agents are recruiting the same guy that I'm recruiting. I just focus on me. You know, it's just like <laughs> I have that walk on mentality, man. It's just. I'm at the bottom and I just have to try to crawl and climb my way up. 
let's let's look forward to next season. So you know we're a Bucks podcast, and <clears throat> the Bucks are they're definitely against the wall when it comes to cap space for free agents. Um, you know, as an agent like yourself, and you, let's just say hypothetically that you had a client like Chris Godwin who is you know due for a big contract, and you're on a team where cap space is almost like squeezing a dime out of you know a pouch of of of, of leather. Um, when your client comes to you and says, "Okay," and that was a bad bad analogy. I'm that sorry. was a bad analogy. Going with that, I have no, I have no idea. Strike that from the record. If you if you had a client like like that, where free agency is coming up, you've got a team that's really their backs are against the wall with, with cap. You know how do you how do you position that with them? Because you've got a guy that's obviously a super superstar in the making, and his team. Is trying to trying to re-sign you. Are you saying, okay, my client wants this, this, and that, but you know, if you can't do this, we're walking and going somewhere else. I mean, when you have a team like the Bucks, what is what is your play as an agent when you when you have a client that's that's on a team with with no money at all? Right. I mean, for us as agents, I mean, you know, obviously we're trying to get the most money for our clients. All right, that's bottom line. Uh, we receive a per, a fee. You know, we receive a part a percent of that. So twenty percent, uh, right? Is that standard industry? Is twenty percent? No way, man. No. me. I wish, man. Actually, no. Nah, the standard right now, the NFLPA has it at one point five percent, man. So you really, you even have to negotiate back to what was normally three percent on that contract, All right? So, and a lot of the guys, you know, especially first round guys, they're they're getting zero percent fees, man. So. It's making it tougher on smaller agents. But to answer your question, I think it all—it's all about the player. I mean, there there are some guys that, and again, it depends on you know where they are in their careers, right? There's there's some guys that they've already had a second contract or maybe even a third contract. So for them, it's more about hey, you know, my family loves Florida. You know, my wife's here, my kids are here, and they can afford to you know give up a million or two just to make sure that you know their family is okay. You know, not having to move the family from the East coast all the way to California, you know, kids starting new schools. And so they, 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 you know, they're okay with uh, just sacrificing a million or two, but then you have guys that, you know, it's their first time around, you know, it's that first big contract. Like you said, you know, they've coming off a pro bowl year or all pro season and the NFL career is so short. You have to capitalize on every dollar. Right. You, you don't yeah. know if you're going to get another deal. Right. You don't know how it's going to go. Injuries play into it. So, you know, for a guy like that, man, I know personally speaking, I don't give no hometown discounts, man. We, going, <laughs> we I need I need it all, man. We, we want it all. Yeah, for sure. And looking ahead to next season, obviously, there's some big names, especially at quarterback. Coming up out of free agency, obviously Dak Prescott's a big name given the situation Dallas has been in after losing him. But then Cam Newton and Phillip Rivers, who signed one-year deals with new teams this season. You know, you know the business a little bit better, obviously, than we know it from that perspective. So I would love to get your opinion on any predictions you have of where those top guys, especially at the QB position, might go or if they might resign or kind of what you envision happening for those guys that are really, you know, kind of the elite guys being up in free agency. Right. No, I mean, it's always, it's always fun to see and, you know, kind of keep that free agent tracker going um, each year, just seeing where guys are landing in your prediction as an agent. Cause you know, we, we have our own group chats with other agents and we're throwing scenarios out there, but I think with specifically with those three that you mentioned, I honestly expect all three to be back with their current teams. I mean, Phillips having a good year with Andy, you know, they're in a run for it this year. And, you know, I've heard, you know, people actually taking them serious as a serious contender with the way their defense is playing and their young backs are coming along well with Taylor and Hines. Um, so you definitely, you know, you definitely, that's a guy that you can see and he looks good. He looks like he's having fun again and he's enjoying himself. So I definitely, I don't think he's ready to hang it up. I think Phillips come back and, you know, play another one. And the same thing with Cam. I mean, obviously, you know, his situation is a little different. He's much younger than Phillip, but 
you well, know, Phil's uh, got to provide for like 19 kids. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Philip got to help. He got a, at least an offense right there at the house. <laughs> yeah. <He's, laughs> I mean, he probably needs a couple of special team guys. Hey, but... He's got a baseball team with reserves in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, and I've been with Dak, man, just, you know, as an agent, obviously, you know, you feel for him, you know, the guy. You know, I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. I mean, this is a guy that came in from day one and had to work his butt off. He wasn't given the job or, you know, no one expected him to have the start that he had to his career. So for him and even throughout the negotiation and throughout the last year or so, you know, he showed up to camp. He wasn't holding out. So you feel bad for guys like that, you know, when they suffer an injury. And, you know, obviously, again, owners are businessmen right so they're gonna do what's best for their pockets they're gonna do what's best for them first you know so it's it's i think that's probably the most interesting free agent signing that's gonna take place in 2021 because no one knows what jerry's gonna do man <laughs> he's gonna have to pay him i think he's gonna have to pay him more yeah. than he should more than he was yeah. gonna have to pay him this year well so. i mean because again if you if you look at what's happening with the cowboys dex gaining leverage man so yeah. you know jerry brought in dalton as his security blanket in case anything happened but something happened and i don't think it's panning out the way jerry envisioned so i think that when he gets back to that table man he just got to pull up the record and be like, hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the NFC East leader right now probably have, what, four wins? Yeah, not four, a good – Right? <laughs> so that, that definitely would have been, you know, in the hunt for that title, for that division title. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I wanted to ask you one more question, uh, uh, Higgins. I, I know that some players in the NFL – uh, have written their own contracts. Guys like Richard Sherman and some other guys have have done their due diligence and, uh, you know, done that. Uh, what do you think about players kind of stepping back? I know some of the uh, the guys that have done it are, are more seasoned vets, and, and he went to Stanford. So, I mean, Sherman is a, is a smart guy. So what do you think about that, and, and what potential problems or what potential things could players miss that uh, you know being a certified uh, NFL agent? Yeah, um, I mean, for sure. You see, you know, guys like Sherman and I think DeAndre Hopkins, he, yeah. he negotiated his own two-year deal with Arizona as well. And like you said, though, those are outliers, man. Those yeah. are guys that, you know, they've been in the league for, you know, five or six years. And then, again, Sherman with his education background at Stanford, he's a very intelligent guy, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I think for us as agent, or for me especially, that don't bother me. You know what I mean? At yeah. the end of the day, you know, it's a risky business, you know, and there's been players that tried to do that and it did and not failed. work for them yeah. and failed. So, you know, at the same time, you know, I have a couple of friends that went without an agent and things didn't work out. You know, you suffer an injury or the team don't pick up your fifth year option as a first rounder. And now you don't have anyone to go to bat for you. Right. You don't have sure. anyone to, you know, to go meet with these owners because you're training and you're working now. You're trying everything you can do to get back in. You know, you don't have time to fly all over the country and be meeting with people and things like that. So, you know, for us, for, you know, as agents, you know, I don't think that really bother us. I don't I don't foresee it becoming a problem where, you know, majority of the players are good. Maybe each year you probably have one or two guys in the entire draft. Um, that goes without an agent, you know. So yeah. if you talk about 250 plus guys being drafted, two out of that is really not a big deal. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Higgins. Uh, you were great. Before we let you go, can you give everyone your handles or where they can find you and what you're up to? Yeah, um, you can. I'm on Instagram, Higgins Success. Um, Twitter, it's the meg the underscore megazo. Okay, so pretty much just recruiting season right now. Um, college football season is coming to an end. A lot of schools are opting out of bowl games, so guys are instantly um, eligible to sign SRAs with agents. So actually have uh, a couple bowl games on my schedule within the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, you know, I'm able to sign those guys and we can go ahead and um, start the training process for the 2021 draft. Higgins, uh, are are you, do you usually travel up to Indianapolis for the combine and everything? I do, I do. Um, along with the combine, the NFLPA, uh, we have an annual seminar, and one of the locations is right there in Indy during the combine. So it's kind of a two for one. 
I got um, you. For, so for this, majority of agents. So this group, we've been prior shows that we've had, we've gone up for the SMWW conference, and then we go out, go to the combine, and, and just enjoy the nightlight of all, all the parties and mingle with all the right. people and stuff. So we go up this year. We've got a link up, buddy. And we've got oh, to, yeah. most we've definitely, got to, we've man. Got to do it, do it downtown in Indian Bear. <laughs> most definitely, most yeah. definitely. We got to go to Kilroy's. We got to take some shots. <laughs> we got to get crazy, bro. That's what I'm talking hey, about. Hey, just just let me take care of a couple of meetings and. and then we're good to go, man. Take us to a couple of meetings, man. We'll get on with we'll your podcast with your with your guys. We're good to go, bro. Most definitely, most definitely. Higgins, good luck the next couple of weeks with yeah. ball season, man. I hope you find some great recruits. Yeah, hey, man, thank good luck. you. I appreciate thank it. You. Go Gators. You're done. Thank you all for having me. Have a good one, man. Hey, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> let's sneak that one in there. Awesome. He did. He and snuck he, it in there. Too wow. That's a, that's a great guess because if you can sneak one past me. <laughs> is, it challenging? is it challenging? Is it tough? That's challenging. Yes. To sneak one past oh. me, especially like that. Go Gators. All right. What did you guys think? Huh? 1.5%. I thought it was higher. I thought it was. Yeah. In the, I, I thought it was in between. I was reaching for the 20%. Of course, that's Jerry. I thought McGuire. it was three. That's, that's Jerry Maguire like area. I, I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was even higher than that. I thought it was the 10 to 15% range. What? Obviously, wow. I know nothing about being a sports agent because if I did, I'd be a sports agent right now instead of doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you just don't want to do podcasts with us? No, 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 no. I love doing this. I love doing this with you do. I'm just saying I thought it was that higher range, but something told me it could have been like 5%, which was would be the league minimum for, for agents when it comes to that. Well, maybe, maybe Scott Boris and Drew Rosenhaus have it like where those guys are gods when it comes to agents. I mean, they're like, well, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. The, the individual, I mean, yeah, the independent guys, I mean, they really do have to scrape and scrounge. And I'm sure that he, um, uh, he's got to, you know, pay for everything that he's doing and hopes and praise. He's throwing stuff against the wall. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it jacks him up. Like when he goes and signs a client over a big dog like that, dude, that's gotta be the, especially if you're an independent agent where you have nobody yeah. else to, to, to deal with especially a higher up and you have to give your commission to when you're your sole self and you're you signed a guy that could have signed with a big agent that's got to be like a rush man that's going to like yeah. the yeah. strip club afterwards and just make it a rain <laughs> after that with your client that's like it's like yeah you're gonna be in the league bro uh we it's might have to buy him, him and then have him end up in jail yeah. the next day bump that 1.5 to like maybe 3.5 to 5 percent after this but you know <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair are we are we doing round two of best christmas movies well obviously yeah because you weren't here for round one because your internet so, sucks i wasn't here yeah and i was actually like this was the part i was the most prepared to discuss with oh. you guys so i okay. am i'm excited that we get to do it again because yes my internet is actually terrible spectrum fix it um but where what did you guys say like what did you because i'm jumping in all right so I said Die Hard and Batman Returns, and I also said Home Alone 2 what? sucks. Yes. Okay. And Home Alone 2 sucks because it's just a retread of the first movie. Chip, you said... Uh, Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation, which everybody universally agrees upon is Christmas Universal. Vacation. It's one of the best you know, Christmas movies out there right now in history. So what are your thoughts, Kaylee, about the best mine is, mine is Elf, obviously. Okay. Elf is a very... Elf, yeah. Elf is good. Elf like, is a great movie. And I feel like it's hard to debate. You can't debate well, Elf because Elf is actually a great movie. It's a great movie. It's like everything about it's fantastic. I think that what time now, what movie is it? You can't celebrate Christmas or no, wait, change that. Scratch it. What movie do you watch after you've opened your presents in the morning or in the afternoon or when you go to your first Christmas stop? My first movie that I typically see is Christmas Story. That's okay. the one. That's it's on a twenty-four hour loop on TBS. I know. Yeah. My but mother you has, go to that channel. I my usually mother watch has that now. forced me to watch a Christmas Story, and it's like days leading up to Christmas because it'll just be on, and it's yeah. absolutely traumatizing. I hate every second of it. I hate the movie with a burning passion. I don't want to see it. I don't want to watch it. Like oh. it, I can't. See, I I am at that point as well where it's been on so much where it's on that loop. It's like, I can't, 
I can't enjoy the movie I used I used to enjoy when I was younger because before TBS put it on that 24-hour loop, it was on once in a while, and nobody really kind of knew about A Christmas Story because it was kind of like one of those small Christmas movies nobody really knew about, and then it caught fire, and then the TBS ruined it with that stupid 24-hour loop. It's like, I, like, I can't enjoy... You're going to shoot your eye out. I can't enjoy... His bro- him being dressed up in that bunny suit. I can't enjoy that because it's on so much now. That's why I have to look to alternative movies like Batman Returns as a Christmas movie. Evan, you don't have to leave it on the channel for 24 hours, dude. You can I know, change I, it. I, I'm, but Chip, you I'm just, just saying, watch it once. No, I'm just saying, Chip, it's on so much. Like every channel I switch to, it's like TNT are like, since TNT and TBS are like the same channel, like they both have to play at the same time. So it's like, okay, nothing's on. I'll just switch to Christmas story because it's Christmas, but it's like, it's the same. It's like, it's too much. It's too much now. It Home makes Alone me angry. Is my second one. Home, Home Alone's is my fair. second one. Home Alone's fair. The first Home one. Alone, yes. The yeah. second one sucks. I will yeah. go to my grave saying the second one sucks. Correct. And let's, let's not talk about the abomination, which is the third or the fourth or the fifth, I, which I just found out through Twitter. There's a fourth and the fifth movie. I haven't even seen those. So I don't, that's, I don't want to in jail. What happens? I, I don't know. Why, I don't know. And I don't want to know. I don't, you have the first two and then the th- other five, six, seven home alones. They can just kiss my ass. What was the comment we just got? I tried to read it, but it flashed too quick. Bro, so he and, said they show the others so much leading up to Christmas that they actually play more than the, tw- so he's saying like they play okay. all of these other Christmas movies so much leading up to it that they play more than a Christmas story. I, I don't care. I'm going to say that because, <laughs> because like at least leading up to it, like you're not sitting there every single day watching like endless Christmas movies, but Christmas day, I get angry. Like if that's on the television, when I wake up, I'm angry. Like I'm not happy about it. My mother really, knows this and she does it anyways. I'm really surprised. Nobody said like, uh, it's a wonderful life. That's a great movie. It's a classic Christmas movie. It is. Um, and then um, the many variations of a Christmas Carol, which you have like the Disney version, you have the Jim Carrey version, you have you know version- what you know who else Scrooged with Bill Murray. It's oh, a fantastic, fantastic one. movie! That's mm-hmm. a fantastic movie. And See, the that- cartoon Frosty the Snowman with Burl Ives. Yes, I think anything I from the seventies because they're all tripping on acid when that snowman came out. Yes, with well, the claymation, would they? put in elf the same kind of deal yes yeah i agree as well there's also the snowman i think voice maybe not i, I don't know I, no it is bro lives is it okay yeah kaylee has that look of puzzlement like who the fuck is, is. Lives? yes <laughs> yeah i was not born in the 70s but i um playmation does kind of scare me like i'm not gonna lie to you like my roommate's favorite christmas movie is the rudolph claymation and i'm just like there's something about claymation that i'm just not interested like it makes it like I don't know why it just scares me. Like I don't like it. Um, but what we did watch that is, I, I don't want to say it's underrated, but like I have underrated it was the like Jim Carrey uh, Grinch. Oh, there you uh, go. No, no. A Christmas Carol is good. Like the original. Like honestly, reading a Christmas Carol is pretty good because it's actually like scary as yeah. opposed to like the movies that they've just kind of like really made fun holiday movies, but like the, like the OG, like reading a Christmas Carol is, it's pretty scary. Which there's like. a, there's, there's an old uh, version of the Christmas story, <clears throat> not Christmas story, not Christmas Carol. It's a musical. It's made back in like the early yes. days. Yeah. You seen that one? And yeah. It's that's creepy, that man. Creepy. I love oh, it. Christmas when, horror. Are you kidding me? Yes, dude. It's creepy. Like the first part where he meets the ghost, they have like a, like a uh, like a, a funeral hearse come in with like the ghost horses, and then at, at like the last, the ghost of Christmas oh future. God, you guys are sickos. Oh, dude, part, there's a there's a part in the ghost a ghost of Christmas like future or whatever where he like Scrooge is dead, and then uh, his buddy Jacob Marley brings him to hell and like wraps him up in chains. Oh, dude, it's so, oh, dude, it's so cool. It's really good. You have to watch it. It oh, just you gets, you, it gets you right in the Christmas spirit, to be honest with you. What Jeez, is wrong with you, now, This is a de- uh, debatable one. There you go, Andrew. I like that one. But is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? It's got it's Christmas both. in the title. Yeah, 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 but it have is- you seen it? <clears throat> I mean, I've seen it. Yeah, the characters, everything is dark and gothic. You guys love that, so I don't even want to hear it. Uh, my my, my two-year-old loves uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Here, really weird. 
Yeah, here's my argument for it is I love Halloween like so much. I love Halloween and I also love Christmas and Thanksgiving can really just kind of like screw off if I'm being honest. Like I don't need Thanksgiving. I don't need it to exist. I don't care yeah, about football it. on Thursday. Football on Thursday. I care about the football, but it's usually a shit game, so it doesn't matter anyways. But I do think that anything that links Halloween directly to Christmas so we can just skip over Thanksgiving, I'm all for. So The Nightmare Before Christmas is a great one because you can watch it for like four straight months and it's still relevant. And then you don't even have to ad- address Thanksgiving. Uh, here, here are a couple of curveball movies that oh. are set during the Christmas time. Okay. So Shane Black is a director of movies. He's done lethal. We- he's wrote lethal weapon. He's directed. Uh, I think he directed one of the latest predator movies. He was in pr- the original predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but his movies are always set during Christmas. Lethal weapon is set during Christmas is lethal weapon, a Christmas movie. Also iron man three is set during Christmas. Are those Christmas movies? I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. You got no, you got no basis. Yeah. I don't think just setting them during the Christmas season makes them. Because you're doing some December 25th. Doesn't make it Christmas day. But what if you're, you're rigs of Murta and you're trying to catch a perp on Christmas Eve and then you catch him on Christmas. Isn't that a Christmas movie? Part of the plot has to, yeah, like if part of the plot, like if Christmas is essential to the plot, like this thing is happening because it's Christmas or because it's okay. this time of year or they're like... So Lethal thing. Weapon is a Christmas movie then? I mean, sure. I think there's like a lot... It's a time frame. Made. It's not written in the plot. It's written yeah. in the plot. It's Christmas. But could no, you move it to like frame. May? Could you move it to May and have the same movie? Yes. Then it then it's not. No, because yes. there's a scene in the movie where... There, where uh, um, no. Uh, well, Mel Gibson's character's at a Christmas tree lot. He's buying a Christmas. He's there undercover. While but it could, be a hot, to make- it could be a pumpkin patch. It's not a pumpkin patch because there's like a hunt in the community. No, they're at a Christmas tree lot. He, there's an un, there's like a he's undercover. Could be a raffle for your kids baseball league. Yeah, what do you? It, it's at a Christmas tree lot. But what we're saying is like if you changed it to like the middle of May or the April, and they're like Easter egg hunting in their neighborhood. It would be the same movie with the same plot. It just wouldn't be at Christmas time. Yes, I agree. I, I thumbs don't. up, two thumbs up for that explanation there. Well, no, I don't. I don't agree with that. Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie, just like Die Hard is the ultimate Christmas movie. So, ugh, uh, don't, don't, don't ugh me. It was uh, actually confirmed today. Die Hard is the ultimate Christmas. Movie. Confirmed by who? By the director himself. Oh, that's not biased <laughs> at all. That's a completely objective even, opinion even, about the even, movie. Even John McClane himself said, said uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. He's going to so, do whatever he can to sell copies of this movie to make it relevant I mean, when it's listen, not it's anymore. It's not Christmas till somebody falls off Nakatomi Tower. Listen, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Plaza. Nakatomi Plaza? Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi Plaza. Plaza. When, Ta- when Hans Gruber... Falls from Nakatomi, then it's Christmas. It's like when every every time an, uh, a bell rings, an angel gets a swing. It's just like that. I love that. That's beautiful. I'm just gonna, yeah. You know. I know this is a sports show. It's all good. That's beautiful. <laughs> you guys, do you guys have any parting thoughts? Mel- uh, no parting thoughts for me, at least. Well, the Chargers, I think, are winning seven to three right now. Love that. Part. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's we a got night game going. Thursday night game. Good luck to everybody in fantasy playoffs. Uh, round one is probably for most people this week or round two. Good luck to you as well. Uh, we will be live at Rafferty's Bar and Grill in the yeah. Sarasota area on Sunday for our NFL pregame show as sports. Come on out. So come on out. We will be in our Christmas best attire. attire. Uh, so yeah, come on out and enjoy our NFL pregame show. Yes, I will be in my Christmas suit. Uh, Chip, you're dressing up as Santa this time? Uh, rumor has it. Okay. Did you find your beard? Uh, see, you're giving away too much. That has to be found. Yes. Sorry. Spoiler, spoiler alert. He's not giving. I away mean, money. yeah, we have to. I don't know if we're going to go full Santa suit, considering it'll be in the 70s, almost 80s. So actually, no, no it's going to be quite warm. nice. It's going to be actually quite cool on Sunday. I mean, if it's cool, we have, a, we have a better chance of seeing that. Although the suit is a huge pain in the ass to get out of. Very true. So I'm That's sorry. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you uh, to everyone who tuned in in the comments, our Twitch follower. We appreciate followers from Twitch. Make sure to follow Higgins Success and his podcast is called Beyond the Negotiation on Believe Podcast Network. 
And I will not be here next Tuesday, but you guys will be here next Tuesday. So we will catch you guys next Tuesday. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Play the Bay 2020, Twitter at Play the Bay TV, and then YouTube. We'll see Word. you guys. Dwayne, come out like on that. Sunday so I can slap the Antonio Brown out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.